welcome to another episode of Queering the Shelves podcast. I'm Sarah Sawyer's Love It. I'm Ryan Love It. And Ryan Sawyer's Love It. You should just say Sarah and Ryan. Sarah and Ryan. We're Sarah and Ryan. Woo! Coming at you through your earphone. So, this was our middle grades episode. These were fast. They were fast. I, I enjoyed yeah. reading the fast books. I like the fast books. It was also really nice to see, like, what's out there for middle grades kids. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about your readings? Sure. Um, I read two books. I read um, Drama by Raina Telgemeier. She also wrote Smile, which is a book that's super popular. And Sisters. I don't know Sisters. I know Smile, though. Yeah, and she, um, she did the graphic novel... Um, editions of the Babysitter's Club books. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, drama is a graphic novel. I guess I should should say that as well. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought what part of what I really liked about it is that, like, it's not, like, uh, the LGBT storyline isn't, like, the A storyline. Right. It is an important, like, integral piece to the story, but it is not, like, this is... A queer book for queer kids type thing like I think that is more realistic and I think it's kind of exciting that books that are out there that like have a more general yeah. like intended audience but include like characters that are like racially diverse and have different sexual orientations, gender identity. Like, there was a lot in this book that was really, like, kind of exciting. Yeah, that's true. I also read it on my legitimately 20-minute train ride in the morning. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also read drama. That's what I went read this week as my um, pick because, you know, I work in retail and it's like a week before Christmas, and so I have not had a tremendous amount of time, um, but I've also read a couple of other middle grade queer books this year that I really enjoyed. Um, do you want to talk about the other book that you read? Sure. The other book I read was um, The Boy in the Dress by David Walliams, and it was illustrated by Quentin Blake, who's the Roald Dahl illustrator. Um, it was pretty cool. Um this one I liked a lot um, because uh, it was just an sort of almost like an atypical trajectory for a story about a boy who um, enjoys dressing in like quote unquote girls clothes. Um, so this it, the premise of the book is that there's this kid and he's really enjoys fashion. Um, but he lives with like his dad who's heartbroken over his mom leaving them and his older brothers and like his dad really doesn't like is sort of presents with like a lot of depression and stuff like that and uh this kid ends up meeting an older girl who is really really into fashion like hoping to pursue it as a career and they um she sort of like gives him license to actually start wearing um dresses which is what he really likes um what I what I really liked about this besides the fact that like there wasn't like a tragedy element to it there's you know 
bumps in the road or whatever because it's a book and there needs right. to be <laughs> like you know a story arc but um there's no like this isn't like a, a sad story um it's also like there's not a um clear answer about the kid's sexual orientation or even his like gender identity, identity. like um it's just sort of a part of who he is and he's kind of sorting it all out and um you know it has a little bit of like an unrealistic ending in in like how hopeful it is and like what happens but it's a middle grades book so like I think a lot of um a lot of middle grades fiction about like a kid who is a a bit of like an outcast or a different sort of kid like has a little bit of like fantasy fulfillment in like what happens at the end and I really like I liked I enjoyed it a lot I thought it was a great book yeah I um I haven't read it but I do think that it's pretty common for there to be like an overwhelmingly like positive ending to like middle grade books and I I like that um because I think that you know as kids like grow up they want to see mirror books that are like overwhelmingly positive to give them hope for like when you know they get older and then like you know sort of going into like young adult books um like mirror books are often like a little darker because kids want to see their actual experiences reflected versus like how things could be right I agree with that I think and like even in this book like there was some hardship but it wasn't like it wasn't like outlandish or atypical from like what I think would actually happen right um two kids who are different in a variety of different ways um and then like this particular kid he was also a very good athlete so his athleticism is what ended up like helping to bring some people around to accepting the fact that he liked to wear dresses because he had this like other piece of social cachet and I think that's pretty realistic you know like if he wasn't um, you know, a phenomenal athlete, would the school and what his family and whatnot, like, have banded together? Um, and, you know, like, I think the answer to that question, as far as the book is concerned, is no, they probably wouldn't have. He had a one really, really good friend who was there for him throughout, or actually two really good friends who were there for him without throughout, but, like, to get other people on board with accepting him, there needed to be this other piece that, like, you know proved he had like value quote unquote and like I don't think that's the message of this book however I think that's a realistic piece of like you know what what happens (laughs) in the world um I liked it also a quick read um for an adult yeah well I mean probably for a like a good solid fourth grader yeah yeah um so i also read drama i really liked it i uh, i think that was like I've, I've had a couple of rena telgemeier's books that i rescued from our little free library um for a while and i i don't know why it has taken me so long to like sort of jump right in they're really quick reads they're really fun um the drawings are great uh they're diverse without making a big deal out of it mm-hmm. and everything's feels really like organic and wonderful so 
I loved those. I would suggest them to anybody. I hand-sell the crap out of Raina Tugmeyer's books all the time. Um, yeah, they're really good. Um, I'll definitely read Big Sisters and Smile and maybe some of those Babysitter Club books. Um, is Maggie Thrash's book considered middle grade or is it more young adult? I haven't read it. You haven't read it? It is um, upstairs in the like regular graphic novel books. Really? Yeah, but I don't. I haven't read it, so like I couldn't tell you if it has been. That's interesting. Um, Maybe I'll read it, and if it's, I feel like it could go to like a more mature middle grade middle grade kid. But it is like there's a lot. It's about an older teenager, so maybe like it should actually go to young adult or what are they calling it now? New adult. New adult. Yeah. Stupid. It, stupid name. Well, and so the thing is, like, with like kids who are reading, um, very often, like from kindergarten up, kids read up a couple of ages. Mm-hmm. So, like, you want to read about kids who are like older than you, so that you can, like, sort of. I guess have like a model for behaviors as you grow up I guess mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean like even if it the kids in the book are like a little older you know that could be like that could appeal very well to like the sort of upper end of, of middle grade readers yeah that makes sense to me yeah. I I mean it's been a minute since I read it I read it at um neighbor which was a while back so and I um, have a terrible memory. I don't know if we've discussed <laughs> this on the podcast, I but so. I have a horrifyingly bad memory. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> what? So you're like, so books, Ryan. We're talking about books. This isn't public therapy. I mean, a little bit it is. <laughs> All right. You're going to talk about George? I am going to talk about George by Alex Gino, um, which I read in a couple of hours. It was super fast. Um, I want to talk also about uh, another book that I read called The Rise and Fall of a Theater Geek by Seth Rudetsky. Rudetsky? R-U-D-E-T-S-K-Y. Um, it is a really sweet little quick read uh, about a gay boy who has to do like an internship and he uh, winds up interning with a an actor on Broadway just after he's broken up with his boyfriend uh, there is a ro- like a yeah there's like a romance element of course because he's trying to decide if he's gonna date this actor if the actor is gonna date like his like other assistant or if um Justin the main character will get back with his ex-boyfriend um beyond that there is a really great uh, mystery um I think it's I read this like I think in March or April so I'm a little rusty on it but I think that somebody is like setting this actor up to fail and Justin has to sort of figure out who it is and why they're doing that Um, He's on the outs with his other best friends because he's, like, ditched the internship that they were all supposed to do together to go and intern with this actor. And it's just really sweet. Like, it's not, um, it's not, like, sexy or violent or anything. It's just a sweet story, and I really liked it. And, um, yeah, I would suggest it to anybody. Um, And I, I really like it, too, because... Um, 
the gay parts are pretty normalized. It's not a big deal. Um, and it's, it's really sweet and adorable. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like that is, like, a move that is happening, at least with, you know, the books that we have read. And I think generally, though I have no evidence to support this assertion, (laughs) um, that, like, sexual orientation, gender identity, things like that, like, gender expression, they're being treated as more, like parts of a whole then like this is a coming out story this is a story about a trans person you know like I think that you described it as like organic and I think that is kind of really exciting yeah Um, well I mean too like didn't Derek Olympica, Jeff Kinney like weren't a couple of the dads gay just kind of randomly in the background there and I know that he got some backlash for yeah. that, though. And I know that, like, one of the girls in, in Amy Ignatel's popularity papers has uh, queer parents, too. Um, she got some backlash for that, didn't she? Did she? Am I being so much louder than you? I don't know. It's usually the opposite, so I am fine with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, so, I also read um, George by Alex Juno. Which I do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also lucky enough to get to see Alex Gino on a panel about mm-hmm. diversity in in like kid lit um, very recently, um, and so the thing that I liked about George is that um, you know the main character Melissa is like presents as George and um, doesn't quite know how to tell her family that she doesn't want to use boy pronouns or dress as a boy and she more than anything wants to play Charlotte in Charlotte's Web in the school play Um, so the problem is that everybody sees her as a boy she can't um, audition because of this and so she has to figure out like how to sort of get around all of these obstacles to get like her one true heart's desire which is to to play this role Uh yeah and she there there is a little bit of a coming out piece to this but more than anything it's it's like a sort of problem solving novel in in like a really nice way um i i think that alex gino is a solid writer but the the parts of the novel that for me really succeed are the parts that make like gender and like disclosure and visibility like really accessible for like really really young audiences and I think that's really good too for like older people who might have like kids or who might know kids who are dealing with like gender identity issues I just it's it's very sweet it's a good story but it also like sort of um unpacks a lot of pretty complex ideas in in like a way that is really not threatening um it's a good story it's a good story to read if you like good stories it's a great story to read if you um like identify as trans or if you are like friendly with a kid who is sort of sort of starting to deal with um gender identity 
Yeah, Alex, too, had some really compelling things to say at the panel that we were at, just about um, how, in their experience, like, um, there's this, like, really common trajectory of, like, stories about trans folks and how it is a little tired and a little trite and not really representative and also one of the things that Alex said that I thought was really really interesting was the focus on like solid coming out stories and it's Mm -hmm. like you said like it sounds like George has like sprinkles of that but it's not really a coming out tale you know right and one of the things Alex said is like I don't owe you that no one owes you that that is like a personal right like a personal piece and I think I think that while I understand the reason why, like, historically these books have been so popular, that it does, like, normalize for some folks that they can just, like, ask anybody and then get, like, offended when someone doesn't want to share this, like, really personal piece of their history, you know? And, like, I think... That is something I had never really considered before I heard, like, Alex make that comment. It was really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I would listen to Alex talk about anything. Like, they just have a really solid way of explaining things and and are really funny and sweet and adorable. Do you think that George serves that sort of purpose? Like, this idea of being something that can actually, like, educate folks who don't really have a solid understanding without being like explicitly a book to teach people things um i think it could i don't think it will oh really i think the people who will get it are people who have already in like trans subjects i i don't think that like you know straighty mix this person is going to pick it up on the shelf for no reason. I don't know. I just, I feel like one of the biggest excuses in, like, scare quotes that I hear from folks is that they just don't know what to do. Like, well, how how am I supposed to know what pronoun to use? Or how am I supposed to know, like, what name to use? And it's like, well, first of all, it's not that complicated. Right. And second of all, like, if you wanted to actually educate yourself, there are ways to do it. But I wonder, part of me is like, well this is a relatively quick read because it's written on a level for a young kid like would there be any value in being like here's just some information about probably because i think that's the other thing too particularly with trans youth is that like well i was gonna say well-intentioned but i can't like actually guarantee these people are well-intentioned but like older like straight not even necessarily always straight older cisgender people are like well how do they know like what happens if you change your mind and it's like a really frustrating conversation um because there's a ton of research that supports the idea that you know supporting kids gender identity and gender expression is far more beneficial than having like an arbitrary like wait till you're 18 take on it right um well yeah and i mean like if uh yeah i i know you know what i'm saying so like the idea that this was about a a relatively young kid uh melissa right Mm -hmm. 
is relatively young kid elementary school age right yeah uh fourth or fifth grade right i think that can be really helpful has the potential to be really helpful for people who are actually like stymied but open-minded right um and like that's if those people were asking me as another cisgender person like which i like i go back and forth about because i think you can't just like go up to every like trans person or gender queer person you encounter and expect them to be like willing to be an ambassador for you you shouldn't right so like and but you also i i just think like it's a narrative that could be really useful so i think part of the problem with with this with like using books like george as um, an educational tool is that people who are well-intentioned but maybe a little like flummoxed by these quote-unquote new concepts in gender or (laughs) whatever i think the problem is that they they don't want to do the work Mm -hmm. you know like it's it's much more difficult to like go out and like check out a book from the library or buy a book from a bookstore or like i don't know fucking like do a google search um rather than like just feel entitled to like these really like deep and personal answers about other people's like histories and i think again part of the problem is that you know in feeling entitled when they are called on it rather than saying oh you know what you're right i'm i'm actually not entitled to your like legal medical emotional <laughs> history um the response is well you know how else am i supposed to learn yeah and and like i don't want to learn about this community that's so hostile to me mm-hmm. rather than yeah it's I, yeah i mean i think there is something of that like i think for me what i'm thinking of is like you're best case scenario someone who really is like i want to learn more and i just don't know where to start right i think it could be useful but i think what ends up happening is exactly what you're saying is someone is a lot of talk about wanting to learn and Mm -hmm. about wanting to like be a better person like be a better human but like doesn't actually want like to to do any work or actually be a better person person just wants like the world to continue to fold to their own personal whims while complaining about other people (laughs) (laughs) who want just like to be recognized for the people that they are i mean like the the deep deep levels of irony in that like um are astounding and infuriating to me it's true just i i see it so often this like all a special little snowflake needs a safe space. And I'm not. And I'm like, motherfucker, you are complaining about this. Like, you're the special little snowflake right now. What the fuck difference does it make to you if, <laughs> if someone wants, like, you know, to be called he, she, or they? Like, what fucking difference does it make to your life? I will say that while we are talking about, like, educating cis people... A solidly great book is um, came out this year called Sex is a Funny Word. It's by Corey Silverberg, and um, he wrote a book called What Makes a Baby, uh, which is also a really good way to explain to, like, 
very small children in in like sort of like less gendered ways about like how babies are born so like um sex is a funny word is is a really good way to explain to people about like you know changing bodies and puberty and like what trans means and how you know gender is not binary for everybody and and like what you can expect at what age from your yeah it's really good i i like Corey a great deal and, and i think that he does good work um that's all i have to add to that I just like fell down a racist <laughs> black hole on fucking Twitter. Ugh. They're like, they're so and so like this is again like a complete fucking non sequitur. But like, <laughs> I feel I feel like you encounter a lot of these people like on Twitter who are like really angry about shit and like really angry at other people for making them nothing, making right. <laughs> making them have to like occasionally potentially think about something. Um, and then I just don't know if they're trolls or not. Like, this, I, like, fell down this rabbit hole because someone retweeted this woman who, like, is, like, a flaming racist, but, like, is such a parody of an uneducated racist that I'm like, are you an actual, like, satire account? Or, like, are you trolling? Right, are you a clickhole account? Or, like, are you legit? Yeah, it's so hard to tell. And I find, like, I get a lot of the, like, I don't know. It's just so yeah, ridiculous. People are ridiculous. So, um, we are going to be posting this quite late today because it has been quite a couple of weeks. Um, as such, um, we are going to take a couple of weeks hiatus. Um, so we're going to take some time around Christmas and New Year's to read up, maybe talk a little about what we want the podcast to be in the upcoming year, and uh, we will return January 4th, well-rested and ready to talk about what? The classics. Um, so queer classics. Do you know what you're going to read? No. Okay. It's so silly. I don't know what I'm going to read. Do I ever, like... I feel like I have to ask. I'm sorry. Do you know what you're going to read? Um, I might reread Giovanni's Room. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to read, man. I don't know. I I could not read Giovanni's Room. Um, Maybe I'll read, like, Stone Butch Blues or something. Oh, that's really good. And thanks to Elliot, we have a pretty nice paper copy of that. Um, although it is available for free on the internet now. Thank you, Minnie Bruce Pratt. Uh, yeah. yeah, she is totally listening to this podcast. I mean, listen, <laughs> the queer community is not that big. I feel like there are probably some degrees of separation between she and, like, one of the 13 people who listen to this podcast. Thank you, 13 people who listen to this podcast. Yeah. We love you greatly. Your validation means everything to us. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Abiento, motherfuckers. What? Happy what? Abiento. What does that mean? Terrible French for until later, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Queering the Shelves podcast. Just a reminder that if you want to get in touch, you can email us at queeringtheshelves at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at 
facebook.com slash queering the shelves you can tweet us at queer the shelves on twitter podcasts and show notes are available at queerpodcast.com you can like rate and review us on itunes and get in touch communication is what brings communities together and we feel really lucky to be part of yours